good to me. Live from the Twin Cities, we're the Daves you know. This is the Daves I know. You want me to be that type of dude, and I want to be who you like me to, but we both know I can't do nothing at all. All right, welcome back to another episode of the Dave's I Know podcast. Uh, we have the regular crew here. Uh, MJ, how are you doing? I'm doing great. How are you? Uh, I'm pretty good. Uh, there was a, um, I, I want to say it was two days ago, There, a rumor came out that they were going to stop making hams, and a bunch of us just lost our shit on the internet. Um, apparently, it was made up, and because um, Miller, uh, Miller owns hams now, and so they were going to like... Um, basically phase it out but it was uh it was just someone playing a stupid joke on a bunch of uh hipsters who like hams so so i had a, a little scare you hipster you a little scare uh a little scare this this weekend but other than that it was pretty good um we also have hams jessica you tried your first ham yeah that's i was gonna say i, I did and it's not my jam but i think we already knew that because beer generally is like not my jam, but um, thank you for that, Zeller. Uh, that sip of beer quenched my thirst in the moment. I was like dying trying to get to the Minneapolis City game on Saturday. And I was like, Zeller, what is that? Can I have a sip of it? Whatever it is, is it liquid? And it was hams. And now I've had my hams. Um, and I'm good. Yeah, it was, uh, it was, it was, I, you didn't really ask me what it was. It just you asked if I if you could have a drink, and I said yes. And then all of a sudden, I pulled it out to throw it away. And you're like, you gave me a hams, so um, I've never had a hams. This is why it was noteworthy. Yeah, yeah. So it was, you know. Uh, all right. And how are you otherwise, other than me trying to poison you with hams uh, over the weekend? <laughs> I am. I'm good. Excellent. Excellent. Well, we actually have quite a bit to talk about if we really want to. Um, I don't necessarily know if we want to, but we'll start with, um, oh, she mentioned the Patreon. Um, we still have a few people out there who have not uh, emailed me back about picking up the Patreon beer. Um, I sent an email a couple weeks ago, sent one a week after that. Uh, I'll probably be sending out one maybe next week with basically a last call to, and then if you can't make it, if we can't figure out a time to meet, meet up somewhere, um, you know, getting an address or whatever, so I can drop it off. I'm trying to avoid driving my car around a bunch. So if you can figure out a way to meet me um, somewhere in St. Paul or Minneapolis, I'm pretty, I'm based in the Midway. So I'm fairly central to a lot of places, um, whether it's at the Blackhearts for an away match, or if you want me to hold on to it till the EPL kicks back off again and, and meet up on a Saturday or Sunday, it's totally easy to do. If you have an email from me and you have not responded, please, please just do. Um, or if you are a, a member and you forgot that you have an email from me or whatever the daves i know mn at gmail.com is the i'm pretty sure that's the email um or you can shoot me a message on twitter uh at texas Zeller. shoot me just hit me up in the dms and i can we can figure out um 
how to get you your beer. And if you don't want the beer, that's fine. Um, just let me know so I can take you off the list so I don't uh, bother you with another email. So, and then for the other, uh, so when we, a couple months ago, uh, the uh, Hop Clouds graciously agreed to if we upped our number of um, Patreons, was going to be brewing a, another batch of the Heath Out Stout, this time in um, not bomber bottles, just regular 16 ounce bottles. I was speaking with Christian. Uh, this weekend and that is probably going to be done sometime this week so um, you'll be getting we figure out another round of beer pickups and drop-offs and things like that so be on the lookout for that uh, email as well uh, patreon.com slash the daves and ode help support the daves that you know all right so let's jump in uh to a no pun intended a, a crapid game um a crappy crappy game uh that happened midweek uh on wednesday of last week uh crapids two uh losers i mean loons zero uh what's there's not a ton i think i mean i we i think we have a lot of stuff in the notes i don't necessarily, I don't necessarily need to hit all this stuff but um lots of rotation obviously with uh, players back um players leaving uh and injuries uh so we had uh dj taylor uh, Brent Coleman and Yuka Ratala. Uh, Ratala was on the sorry, it was on the right back. So Taylor Ratala Coleman came in for Metnier, who's still in France. Um, Boxel, who got hurt in the last game, and Debassi, who is still out as well. So the only two defending pieces that were that carried over from the game against San Jose were uh, Tyler Miller in goal and, and uh, Chase Gasper on the left hand side. So that was, and that's not really you know, there's not much we can do there. Um, we need people to play and we just had injuries and the front four, we actually got the front four that Heath basically has been envisioning for the last, you know, whatever, six months of Unu, Reynoso, Frank Payne, and Robin Lude, Lude coming back from Euro duty. Um, although he had spent some time in, uh, in Finland getting his uh, visa paperwork taken care of. So he was a little rusty. Even Adrian Heath said that. And then, the other crazy kind of weird thing that we did, we started with two defensive midfielders in Grey Goosh and Ozzy uh, Alonso as well. So um, you guys have any thoughts on this? What appeared to be a very defensive, um, a, you know, a six, four, basically <laughs> in terms of the, the way they were set up with Grey Goose theoretically being uh, more of an eight, but really was just had no, no options um, to get the ball uh, to the front four. Yeah. I mean, in theory, Gregush should be an eight and helping bridge that gap between the back line and the attacking four, just like Ozzy does, but he looked rusty. Yeah. This is his, was this it? No, he, he came back. He didn't play or he came in late in the, uh, the San Jose game. He didn't start the San Jose game. Um, it was just some interesting choices that were made. Um, and then what's, so we can talk about a couple things um, in the first half before we get to the, the Colorado goal. Um, you know, Minnesota actually to, to their credit played pretty well for the first half of the first half. Um, you know, uh, in the 11th minute, Colorado had a great chance off the bar. Minnesota had been mostly dominating possession up until this point. I, Rewatched most of the uh, first half. I was kind of eating lunch, uh, not really paying attention. But watch when I look up, I would see Minnesota with the ball, with possession in Colorado's uh, third. Um, and then around probably the 20, 25th minute, the tide began to slightly, slightly turn towards Colorado. 
On the 36th minute, Ozzy Alonso and Cole Bassett get a both get yellow cards. Um, you want to tell us a little bit more about uh, that, MJ? It was just simply a free kick. There was a foul and a free kick. Not a harsh foul, just no yellow cards or red cards. There's a foul. Just and it wasn't even in a threatening area. It was around midfield. But there are these unwritten rules of etiquette in every sport, right? When there's a foul and there's a free kick that if an opposing person thinks the foul is in favor of their team and they grab the ball and the ref says, no, it's the other team, the other person is supposed to either set the ball down or gently hand it to the other person. And Cole Bassett did not want to do that. He was like, it's my ball. It's my ball or I'm going home. And he <laughs> threw a little fit and Ozzy was like, give me the fucking ball. And that wasn't happening. So then a shoving match happened and both got yellow cards. Yeah, it was, it was fun. It was totally unnecessary, obviously, but Ozzy Alonso hasn't played in a while. So he needed to get in on the action or hasn't played well in a while. So he needed to get <laughs> I, in on the action. I am in favor of whatever helps Ozzy channel his greatness if this lit a fire under his ass and made him play better for the rest of the game, fine. He yeah. wasn't the problem, in my opinion. No, no. We'll get to we'll get to the many problems in here in a second. Uh, speaking of, right away here in the 45th minute, so right before halftime, I think there was uh, one minute of, of extra time. Um, Brian Gallivan, uh, this is just a, a classic clinical Minnesota defensive breakdown. Um chasing the ball, not playing, not playing their men. Um, there's a, a really great sequence of passes uh, ends up being uh, Diego Rubio sees Brian Gallivan just all by himself um, on the right-hand side. And, and to be fair, Colorado had been, had been attacking the right-hand side from pretty much the beginning of the game um, that, uh, that this, this ball had come from the left sort of as a switch and it had to, two or three passes before it got to Rubio, uh, then Rubio to Galvan. And then um, he just, uh, Gasper doesn't, Chase Gasper doesn't close down. It's a hell of a strike, to be fair. Um, Miller, I don't think Tyler Miller had much of a chance at this ball. It hits the left post. And I mean, it just barely hits the inside of the left post and goes in. Um, Gasper does a better job. He maybe pushes out a little further to the left. But um, in terms of who this goal is on, it's, it's you know, probably about, 25% on Minnesota's defensive generally and 75% on Chase Gasper. I wouldn't put anything on Tyler Miller. Yeah, it was a beautiful strike. Nice curling bending ball that just hits the post and goes in. Gasper let uh, Galvan cut middle on him. And if you're playing a man marking system, which in the back four balloons often try to do and not zonal marking you don't get to pass that guy off as he's dribbling horizontally to the middle he's your say you trying to force him to the outside you let him dribble middle and well he wasn't anywhere he wasn't anywhere near him and so instead of instead of attacking him forcing him out out to the right yeah. He kind of came at him and allowed him to take a couple steps into yeah. into the middle. You gotta you gotta defend to so you forcing him out to the right to you know to your point. So it was it was a it you know it was a great strike. It was a great goal. Um, oh shit, Guadalupe just scored against Costa Rica in the fiftieth minute of forty uh, fifth plus five minutes of the first Los, half. Los Ticos are losing. 
No, they're they're up two to one, but uh, oh, okay. Guadalupe just scored. Go Guadalupe! Um, right. This has been your CONCACAF Gold Cup updates uh, about 18 hours after the games actually happened. So, um, so, uh, so yeah, it was an interesting um, it, guess. It was, you know, to be fair, I think it was totally on gas around that one. Um, but Minnesota, you know, had pretty much weathered a storm for half the second half of the second half. Looked like they were going to go, going to go in. Um, they had some decent opportunities and then they let, they allow this goal right before halftime. Um, kind of the story of Minnesota's when Minnesota's not playing well, it's kind of their, their story. So in the second half, Minnesota comes out. Um, and again, it's, it's pretty much, pretty much all Colorado here from, from this point on, uh, in the 65th minute, uh, Ramon Abila comes on for Unu. Um, in the 73rd, 73rd minute, uh, we had a, we have a, uh, let me just, I'll let you t- tell it, MJ. There was this great save by Tyler Miller, followed up by two blocks by uh, another loon. Um, funny, Chase Gasper wasn't on the left back part where maybe he should have been. <laughs> uh, but it was a corner kick. And when you're defending and man marking a corner kick, there's a melee and there's body collisions. And I don't blame Gasper for this. His... His guy took him out. He was lying on the pitch, and that's really not his fault. But Bassett takes the corner kick. Rubio gets great contact on the header, and Tyler Miller rises up and just raises his his palm, and he stops the the ball, but he spills it right out in front. And Shinyashiki's right there to jump and pounce on this rebound. But Pragapani makes this sort of dive and misses it but then still kicks at it and he kicks the ball away from Shinyashiki and it's kind of up in the air and Shinyashiki's looking to like hit it out of the air when from his ass Fragapane heads it out of bounds um right I forgot I forgot about this sequence yeah this is uh... actually he doesn't head it out of bounds he heads it to his left where uh Ozzy Alonso covering for a Gasper who had fallen down on the pitch like he does well just cranks it and cranks it out of bounds. So yeah, great, great awareness on defensive blocking by Fragapane and great clearance by Ozzy. Yeah. That was kind of our best team defensive moment. It was, and that was not, uh, not a great sign. Um, (laughs) So uh, a few minutes later, we actually get, we get three subs from Adrian Heath uh, making, you know, maybe a little bit too late, but he making some, making some subs and giving him some time to impact the game. Uh, Nico Hansen comes on for Robin Lud, uh, Ethan Finlay for uh, Fragapane, and Hassani Dotson comes in for a, um, I, I think, clearly gassed Ozzy Alonso. So we've, so now, Connor, that's four subs that Heath has used. So just keep that in mind. Uh, and does it's all for not though. In the 81st minute, Colorado gets their second goal, pretty much icing the game. Uh, Shinyashiki from Kawan Acosta. This is a, there was a really bad Emmanuel Reynoso um back pass slash turnover that basically led to Kellen Acosta getting this ball to Shinishiki and Shinishiki um just uh chips Tyler Miller uh again there's pretty much nothing that Tyler I mean I again neither of these goals are on Tyler Miller I think Tyler Miller played pretty damn good uh all things considered uh Kellen Acosta had a hell of a game we'll talk about him in a little bit um but yeah anything you want to add on the Colorado goal from Shinishiki other than it was a really great chip the initial turnover, you'll be surprised, was from Reynoso. I said that. And, well, 
but the thing I'm thinking about going he totally the- doesn't do that. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you, <laughs> yeah. Is the whole team is going forward. The, the whole team, almost no one is playing emergency worst case scenario if Reynoso turns the ball over because he doesn't do that. Yeah. But a gassed Reynoso or a playing too much on an injury Reynoso does do that. That is that is correct. Uh more fireworks because in the 80s, so uh, Minnesota gets a, a free kick in a really great position. Uh, a Colorado, I can't remember now, the Colorado player gets a yellow card in the 83rd minute. Um, and then as they're going up, uh, the free kick is going in, uh, a, a Colorado player just collapses to the ground. Um, there's mass confusion. We're, we're watching at the, at the black car. We're just like, what the hell happened? What's going on? And then VAR, and we're thinking, oh, something might be good happening for us. And then it turns out, no, they're, they're checking the VAR and see, saw that Ramon Abila, um, uh, pork chop himself, uh, just punched a dude in the fucking side and got a straight red card from that, from that VAR call. So, um, good job, pork chop. You were on the pitch for all of, uh, 31 minutes and you got a straight red card and he will end up missing at least the next game. I have not seen, if there's been any additional, cause that was violent conduct and there's a very real possibility. He might miss more than one game. So we'll definitely will not see him for the Seattle game. So yeah. Any, any, any other thoughts on pork chop getting a red card? When you one pitch, one inch punch someone in, in the kidneys or side, like you have to shield your body. You have to use your body to shield the ref from seeing what you're doing. Yeah. Like, like, I don't know what, I don't know if, if the Argentinian refs that he was playing with all had bad eyesight, but like this is, this is, I mean, maybe I mean, Ozzy Lonzo can teach him a thing or two. Have you, so if you have, have you, if you've not watched much South American soccer, that's, that's maybe a yellow card in, in, in yeah. uh, South American soccer. Um, but he's <laughs> got to, he's got to understand. If you watch, yeah, watch any Copa Libertadores, I've seen much worse be called much less. But so, um, that's true. I it's mean, to be not fair, comical anymore. Right. When I watched the uh, just a short clip of it that somebody posted on Twitter, because I I didn't watch this game in real time. I was at the turf club seeing Electric Six. Wanna take you to a gay bar? Um. Anyway, it like the shove from Abila that he does right before he gets that guy in the gut or liver kidney region. I thought that was the foul. I had to watch it again and again to like watch the other hand uh, go to this guy's, you know. The jujitsu strike from, from there. Yeah. Um, I, I just felt like in the, even when in, in slow-mo, I didn't feel like there was that much force behind. I mean, granted the guy put his, fist in a place that it shouldn't be so regardless i'm not gonna fight the red i'm not gonna disagree with the red um but it just oh. did i was like what are you doing like either really punch him or don't yeah. um i just it just seemed like a really gross play yeah like a really stupid thing to do when your team's down yeah. a goal and you're you like, have a free kick in a good position yeah, yeah especially like don't play dirty just because we're losing. Like, either play dirty because that's how you play, 
Oh. <laughs> or play, you know, like, I just... That I might like. be... That might be Juan Chope's MO. Well, I guess we'll find out more throughout the year. So I almost at halftime, I almost left uh, Blackheart and went down to Tierf Club to see if I could get into the E6 show because I've seen those guys a bunch of times. They're always a really fun, uh, really fun they show. Were. So yeah, I almost I almost left at halftime and figure, see if I could if there was any tickets available at the door. So um, which would have been hilarious. I, well, they sold out. So yeah, you're you didn't. But also. I just remember looking down at my phone when they came on to start their set and like, Oh my fucking God, we're down by one. And then looking <coughs> at my phone when it would, my app would notify me when the subs came in I'm like, and then I'm like, I should change it. So it's only goals, but I was devastated in between dancing my ass. Off. <laughs> That's fair. Uh, the only other thing of note for this game, uh, Heath used all five subs. And uh, Ja'Cory Hayes came on for DJ Taylor in the uh, second minute of uh, extra of stoppage time. Um, there was a total of, I believe, eight minutes of stoppage time. So not like coming in the very last minute. But uh, I mean, if you're going to use the, that extra sub, why not bring him on as soon as uh, Abila gets the red card? Ja'Cory Hayes obviously is a little more attacking than DJ Taylor. But what do I know? I don't I'm not an Englishman, so. Uh, all right, what's uh, we have a couple things in the extra time before we get to our Freddy Adus. Uh, MJ, you have a can we do a very quick uh, Crapids versus Loons red card history? I will try to be very brief. Uh, on the first meeting between the MLS Loons and Crapids, May 18th, 2017, Justin Davis should have been a yellow card. But it was studs up, incidental contact on someone else's shin. Um, and so he gets a red card. And then... I was at that game. Nothing happened in the re return leg that year. But in 2018 at Colorado, uh, there's a huge... Another shoving match over a free kick or ball placement or something like that. And uh, Miguel Ibarra gets a red card. Uh, Joe Wilson or uh, Joe Mason for Colorado gets a yellow card and Jack Price, who was instigating things all over the place after what should have been a heated brief thing was over. Jack Price extends the, the melee for, I don't know how long and he gets nothing, but yeah. uh, that was a, a, a horseshit moment. I was at that uh, game too. Yeah. And you know, Miguel Ibarra, uh, you know, bless his heart, but like you don't think of that guy as drawing a lot of red cards. No. Um, fast forward to October 13th, the return leg at TCF Bank Stadium. This is the famous red card rye. Inspired, oh. yeah. Yep. Um, Tommy Smith's for the Rapids, Harrison Heath's for Minnesota. So the United double red for um, extracurriculars on the sidelines in the 90th plus 14th minute, the 14th minute of the stoppage time at the end of the game when yeah. we were done and lost and it made no sense for anyone to do anything stupid. Harrison Heath. That's, that should be on Harrison Heath's tombstone. It makes no sense for, for anybody to do anything stupid. <laughs> dot, dot, dot. Here lies Harrison Heath. And then we we went six games, uh, nine, 
2019-2020 and the, and the first uh, Colorado game that we played in Denver this year, no red cards. So uh, thanks to Abila for restarting the tradition of Minnesota United red cards against Colorado. Right on. All right, let's, uh, let's finish this game. I don't want to talk anymore about uh, the bullshit that happened. Uh, Freddie Adu's for Minnesota. Who you got, uh, MJ? I have uh, Reitula. A lot of people think Reitula was the GOAT on the second goal. He was not. Um, one, Reynoso turned it over, as David already said. And then after he turned it over, Shinichiki had the ball, and Nico Hansen was pressing him but chasing him from behind and then just gives up. Gregouch is jogging and watching the whole thing close enough to get into a more defensive position. He eventually does, but he just steps up rather than falling back. And so Shinichiki goes right around him. So there's two midfielders who should have been able to help contain on defense that just let Shinichiki go by them by picking either lazy or a combination of lazy and too aggressive tactics. So Reitlis, like, swimming without his partner Gasper who's way too up the pitch from attacking reasons and he's he and Miller are are left out uh they're left out to just look like idiots when it's not their fault neither of them was fault um uh, had a couple blocks and a couple clearances that I thought were really good he's my good Freddie Adu Jan Gregoosh for all the reasons I just said is my bad Freddie Adu uh, yeah, I'll agree with you on, on Grey Goosh. Um, I didn't really have one. Uh, I'll guess I'll say Tyler Miller just as I kind of talked myself into Tyler Miller, um, having a, a pretty good game, not him, not being responsible for any of those goals. Um, he made some good saves, including that, uh, scramble in the 73rd minute that you mentioned uh, a few minutes ago, MJ. So I'll go with uh, Tyler Miller for my, uh, for my good Freddie Adu. So, uh, all right. Crapids, Freddie Adu's. Um, I'll go first. I want to say Kellen Acosta. Kellen Acosta. He, you know, he was only on the, uh, he, he was, this was his last game before he joined the national team for the gold cup, um, played actually a pretty good game for the U S men's national team last night, which we can talk about at, in the second half of the podcast, but he was all over the place. Uh, he set up the, the second goal, the, the icer, uh, with a great pass to Shinishiki. Um, the guy is really growing into his role as a, you know, as an eight for Colorado. Um, the other, and then my shitty Freddie do is Cole Bassett, which, more or less is just fuck that guy for even getting near Ozzy Alonso and touching him. So that's, uh, those are mine. Uh, MJ, who do you got? I have a Freddie Adu traditional call. My best Freddie Adu for Colorado is a 20 year old, almost scored a goal or did score a goal, uh, Brian Galvan. And Brian Galvan, uh, he scored that first goal uh, with a nice curler. But then my worst Freddie Adu also goes to Pushy Shovey Galvan because after Cole Bassett and Ozzy get into their thing, then whether you want to say Reynoso was shoving him or just trying to box him out, Reynoso is trying to like prevent Bassett from going at Ozzy. He's trying to protect Ozzy. And so he's kind of shoving him away from Ozzy as they're having words. And so Galvan thinks, oh, he's touching my player. I'm gonna touch it. I'm gonna touch your player. So Galvan starts shoving Ozzy again for no stupid reason. He gets nothing for this. But yeah, he is my best and worst Freddie Adu. We call that a true adieu, uh in the business, MJ. A true, a true adieu. Love it. 
Love so. it. True do. Um, those are my favorite. All right. True are my favorite. They they are they they are the best, and uh, it's really great when you can when you can give them give them out. Um, I know Grey Goose has actually been mine, I think, more than once. So, uh, all right, we have one one big question, and MJ, I'll let you I'll let you tee it up. If Abila, Unu, and Fragapane are our two to three more players of early twenty twenty one, what positions do we still need for our next two to three more players? <laughs> Uh, this is a good question. Actually, you know, um, uh, Bruce McGuire Dunord uh, put this out on Twitter a few days ago too. So not 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 the way that you said it. Well, he said, "What are our needs?" Um, but yes, yeah. you're. Yeah, so you you cut you, you reworded it a little differently. Um, what since it's your question, why don't you why don't you give the first answer? I think our number one need is center back due to injuries to Boxall and Debasi. And even though we might think that they are coming back and it's not a big thing, we know Heath is going to play them to the ground again. So we, we need another center back. Um, then left back, not necessarily because Chase has gotten better, not necessarily to take wishes, but just to compete for that left back position other than Yuka, right? Someone else to compete for the left back and push Chase Gasper. And then we need depth at uh, so that, he doesn't have to play an injured Reynoso all the time. We need a center attacking mid. Yeah, this the, uh, it's more or less. Uh, I have pretty much the same, but just in a slightly different order. I think we absolutely need a, a starting caliber left back in here. Um, then we need a center back, and then we definitely also could use a central attacking midfielder to back up Reynoso. I honestly think I think we need four. I think we need four players. So uh, I see the premise of your question, but I think we should also, I think we need to bring in two center backs, honestly, but I would go left back center back and central attacking midfielder uh, before I, before a second center back in my estimation. So I'm not going to argue with your logic, David, but Heath has never said we need four to five more players, you know, or, 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 or five, I, to six, five to I, six. I, I understand. I understand the concept. I understand the concept of the question of two to two to three, but you know, I'm gonna. I'm just gonna throw it there. If you're gonna, if you're gonna go three to four, let's throw us another center back into the into the mix. So no arguments there. Good call. Uh, Jess, do you have any any thoughts on on this? Um, I wholeheartedly agree with a um, a Gasper training partner. Like you know, <laughs> have a horse in a derby, and you have them train with some some horse that's just slightly slower than them or faster than them we need that for chase and then every game it should be a competition who actually gets to start and who gets to be the sub yeah i just want everyone to know that mj was stifling his laughter as i was making that analogy which I, I love i love analogies like that that's fabulous so when I coached uh, when I coached wrestling, um, high school wrestling, we had uh, and even when I, you know when I when I wrestled for the eighteen years or whatever that I wrestled, um, once you know, get high school and college, you had these things called wrestle offs, which is if you wanted to challenge the, the varsity guy, you just had to tell the coach by a certain day, like, hey, I want to challenge the varsity guy for for his spot, um, and you know, coach would just would would let you do it, and you could. You know, I, I could say, you know, if I was 100, uh, 103 pounds, I could challenge the 112 pounder for a wrestle off if I wanted to. And that, yeah, I know that's, 
most coaches, especially especially in soccer too, that's the idea is that there is some sort of competition during practice during the week, and then he picks the the best eleven possible. I don't. He says that he talks a good game about it, but I don't actually know if that's true, especially considering some of the. What did we do last week? Can we do that again? <laughs> and, then, uh, and somebody's like, no, so-and-so is in France waiting for his green card or whatever. And he's like, oh, okay, who else we got? Yeah. And he just like makes it up. That's he. Yeah. Done. Well, that's, yeah. Some of that is, some of it, some of that to, to, in his defense, some of his hands are tied with, with that. I mean, Metnir getting a green card is actually going to be really helpful in terms of acquiring more players, which, which is great. But it's also kind of sucks that it's in the middle, you know, and it, ideally what should have taken this long and he should be back with the team, but it has taken this long. And so there's some of that shit is out of your control, but that's why you have, that's why you bring in depth so that you don't have to worry about this problem. And right back has not been a problem for this team over the course of the last year or so, because Dotson can step up. DJ Taylor stepped up, you know, Jacory Hayes has stepped up. Like, we- Where did this Taylor person come from? I want to hear more. Like, I don't <laughs> remember acquiring him, but like he's looking well, not this game so much, but the game before he looked pretty good. Yeah. MJ, do you have uh he came from God, he came from the USL, I think. I thought. But you know, who knows? Doesn't matter. Do um, he came from North Carolina FC. Right. Formerly the Carolina Railhawks. Yeah. Um, and what the fuck is a railhawk? And what the so. fuck is a railhawk? <laughs> So it's yeah, so a, it's a bird and a railroad. Together. That, that's that's the thing. Nobody. That's the, the whole point is that no one actually knows what a railhawk is. So, um, <clears throat> anyways, so yeah, he's no, he's he stepped up and played really well. So, um, hopefully, he gets more opportunities. I mean, Romain, again, Romain is one of those guys who, if he tells him he's starting, he's going to start every fucking week. And you know, he's he's one of those guys who needs someone who can competently step up and um and rest him every once in a while too. So. All right, uh, well, let's move on. We've spent way too much time on the current roster. Um, let's talk about a guy who hasn't really played for this team, but is uh, joining or has already joined Real Batiste for a two-week trial. Um, Patrick Wea uh, is going to get some opportunities to train with the Real Batiste uh, first team, as well as with their coaching staff. Um, <clears throat> that's all we know. That's That was the the, the release that went out. Um, nothing that says that this is potential, uh, you know, option to buy. My guess is that this is just an uh, opportunity for him that Real Batiste is interested, and they want to just get to know the kids, see how he fits in with the the, the players on the first team roster. Because again, most of these teams are just now starting uh, their preseason training, so there's probably still players that are coming back into the squad that haven't gotten there yet. So maybe it helps fill out the rosters a little bit, gives them a little more options in terms of playing some eleven v eleven, but also it's possibly a guy that is on the radar and might, you know, make a move maybe in January. Try before you buy. That's also, that's also true. We want prenups. We want prenups. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Jessica, I was just going to say as it is in dating, so it should be in soccer transfers, but yes. Thank thank you for going that one step further and not just dating, but I always take it a step too far. No, no, you're perfect. (laughs) Uh, the edge or edging or something yeah okay moving on uh the other bit of news that dropped today as well uh ceo chris wright is stepping down after the season 
and Minnesota United is hope is yeah, uh, he's the other English guy. Um, Minnesota United is hoping to name a new CEO in the next month, which is um, interesting because <laughs> clearly, clearly the, uh, the this the wheels have been in motion on this for a while because you don't just your CEO doesn't uh, announce that he's stepping down and then you say, oh, we're gonna have a, a CEO. We're hoping to name a CEO the next in the next month. Um, if you haven't already been having conversations with people, which does not bode well for this being a diverse uh, progressive hire for this position, which is basically. Um, so Adrian Heath is the, is the basically the, the de facto sporting director. He makes the, the player acquisitions. Um, you know, uh, Manny Lagos is technically the uh, director of sport, but he's mostly involved in the, um, and in, in like the reserve league team, as well as the, uh, the youth development side. And Chris Wright is the one who does all the, you know, makes all the business decisions. He's in charge of things like the marketing and, and all the sort of off the field stuff. So, so yeah, he's been with the team for um, four years now, I believe. I think he started in 2017, maybe it was 2018. Our um, inaugural MLS season. Yeah. I've, I've met him. He's, he's, he's a very nice guy. He's, he's been very engaged on supporters issues, meeting with supporter groups and things like that. Wait, when, wait, you just said he's in charge of the marketing. No, he's in charge of, he's the CEO. He's the chief executive officer. So he's in charge of, he oversees that like the, the marketing. There's a, there's a, there's a market, a chief marketing officer too, that reports to Chris. Like he's okay. the guy who's pretty much everything off, off the field is uh, Chris Wright's domain. Um, so he's, yeah, he made, he's done a really good job. I think uh, helping get the team into Allianz and, and going, but I'm, uh, he's also an old white dude. And so I'm, I'm really hoping that they bring in someone who's not an old white guy, but um, I don't have a ton of faith that this team will do that. So hopefully they prove me wrong. CEOs are still predominantly old white dudes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then the other little bit of MLS news uh, it's, we got, we're back, baby. Uh, a guy playing against Minnesota United makes the team of the week. Kellen Acosta. <laughs> team of the week uh because if you play minnesota united you generally make the team of the week at least one of your players so and we're gonna get to this later but foreshadowing kem acosta is like a swiss army knife for the u.s men's national team playing just about every position like he's playing really well as an eight for colorado and then for the u.s men's national team it's like oh we need someone to do this oh kellen acosta can do that oh yeah. this person needs to sub off Okay, well, if we shuffle the deck and move people around, let's put Kellen Acosta here, and then he does great at that. Uh, his his soccer IQ and versatility is pretty darn amazing, and uh, I hate to say it, but better than Sonny Dotson, who didn't make the Gold Cup cross. Yep, and I hate a, to say it. There's a well, I I don't hate to say it. He's a much better player than Sonny Dotson, at least right now. So um, uh, maybe Sonny Dotson can get there, but he's definitely not there right now. So. Uh, all right, let's do before we hit the break. Uh, let's do our our once a loon segment is back, and this time it's a it's our old friend from the Minnesota United FC, uh, NASL and MLS days, uh, Kevin Venegas. So MJ, why don't you uh, help us remember Kevin Venegas? No guessing game this time. So David and Jessica, you can set your buzzers down, but we're gonna just take a trip down memory lane. September of 2015. Minnesota United versus the Carolina Railhawks, and Minnesota's down 0-1 at halftime. And then we get a free kick in the 70th minute. Gosma 
Manoff takes the free kick. Venegas gets a, a one touch on it and he's able to volley it just in general towards the net, hoping that another loon can get a head on it or a foot on it. The ball goes off Daniel Scott's forehand, a center back for Carolina, and past Kira Fitzgerald, the goalkeeper. And we get on the board and we tie it. And then Venegas is, it contributes in the next two goals. He gets the hockey assist to Ramirez, who heads it back for Campos. He takes one, a nice volley out of there. And then the 81st minute, Venego dribbles himself around Christner's and Daniel Scott, the aforementioned Daniel Scott, and puts it back. Akira Fitzgerald all on his own, involved in all three goals. Loons win three to one. Super awesome. Now, I mentioned that he helped cause this own goal off Daniel Scott's head because he recently played in the NISA championship for Detroit City FC. And they were playing in the NISA championship against LA Force. And the only goal that was scored was when Venega chips the ball again towards the goal area. He was trying to hit uh, Roots, one of their attacking wingers. And Roots doesn't get it, but an LA defender, Sean McLaughlin, gets a foot on it and tries to pass it back to goalkeeper Brandon Gomez. But <laughs> when he passes it back, it's in the air. It's not a nice, like, on the pitch, easy to handle kick. And it volleys over Brandon Gomez's head. Own goal again. And all again, starting from Kevin Venegas. So congrats to Kevin Venegas, second time NISA championship with Detroit City. Super happy for him. Oh, Kevin, <laughs> you're really bringing me back. Own oh. goal wizard. Yeah, I uh, I still I still love the uh, I want to be Venegas chant. That was so probably one of my oh all, that was so good all time favorite ones. Um, I'm glad. It's really glad to see he he had a brief stint with um the Cosmos, right? Yes. After he I'm got, glad he's not with them anymore. Yeah, after he got let go from. Well, well, I mean, no one's with them right now because they don't exist. <laughs> well, thank God they should. Um, but I'm I'm really glad that he's he's still playing soccer and he's uh, he's doing well for. He's been a big major part of Detroit uh, Detroit City for the last couple of years. So um, they're a really cool. Uh, if you haven't checked out Detroit City, they're a, a super cool um, supporter run. Um, independent franchise in, yeah not a franchise independent soccer team and they're literally like and, run by supporters like i think iggy pop is a is a is a owner of the team um and jessica so. you will you will like their nickname the nickname is le rouge le rouge so all right well that was great mj uh thank you for that uh let's take a break when we come back we will talk minneapolis city they had a big uh, a big weekend so uh we have a big weekend coming up so we'll talk minneapolis city after the break We'll be right back. You want me to be that type of dude, and I want to be who you like me to. But we both know I can't do nothing at all. All right, and we are back. Uh, We'll talk Minneapolis City here first. Before jumping into talking about the Seattle Sounders and what we can expect from the match this weekend, and then we have uh, some world soccer to talk about. Uh, let's start off with Minneapolis City. Uh, MJ, the Futures Championship, uh, the Minneapolis City Futures Championship took place on Saturday before the Minneapolis City game. How did the how did the game go? The game ended in a draw. It, Powderhorn AFC versus the Riverside Rovers, and 
It ended in a draw, which means that due to time constraints on the field, they just had to go to the tiebreakers, which were whoever did better in the regular season table for okay. the futures. And so Powderhorn AFC with the number one seed wins the championship. Uh, I forget the name. Uh, is it Popic? Something like that. A uh, young kid gets was voted on by his peers as being the most valuable player uh, for the future for the futures program. He had you know a bunch of goals and a few assists and and like good good on that kid. He also this kid that was voted the MVP got time playing both for City Two and the NPSL Minneapolis City Club throughout the season. So, nice, well, well deserved, and and just proof that this this future program and kind of having a farm team where you give higher performing players a chance on the next level up, you know, yeah. it, it's, it's working for them. Very cool. Very cool. Uh, well, after that game, we all three of us actually were at the Minneapolis city game, <clears throat> um, a game that was uh, what's say interesting uh, included a red card for the Minneapolis city head coach who then came and joined us in the stands, uh, which was pretty awesome. Um, Minnesota, Minneapolis City actually ended up losing this game to Joy Athletic uh, uh, two to three. Um, there was a, a chaotic eight extra minutes of stoppage time where Minneapolis City almost uh, tied the game up. They had a bevy of chances in the uh, in the, the last um, last eight minutes of, of the game. Uh, unfortunately, one stoppage time goal. They scored one stoppage time goal. Um, they... Uh, yeah, they, they couldn't they couldn't seal the deal. Um, doesn't matter. Minneapolis City uh, was officially crowned the champions after um, beating Duluth. Uh, they had all their trophies on the field after the game, which was which was nice. Uh, and then uh, and then yeah, so we have uh, one more game coming up. It's the regular season finale against Med City down in Rochester on Friday the sixteenth at six forty five p.m. If you are able to make it down. Rochester's not that far of a drive. It shouldn't be too terribly bad if you can you know, knock off work a little early. There's a couple of good breweries on the way down there and in Rochester. Um, but in the meantime, the uh, they're also they also need to win this game for. I think if they win this game, they will pot. They will be a uh, they'll have a buy in the first uh, round of the uh, NPSL um, Great Lakes region or whatever the hell the region Northern region or whatever the hell that they're in. Uh, yeah, I think. Yeah. If for the playoffs, if they lose, they're probably going to have to um, play a first round game and potentially play three games uh, in order to make it to the national final. So hopefully, hopefully uh, they can take care of business and win the game. And uh, and that'll be that. But we have uh, um, some other Minneapolis City news. MJ, why don't you kick us off and tell us a little bit about Charlie Adams and, and Matt, Matt Elder. This game last Saturday against Joy Athletic, both fullback Charlie Adams, who had a hack of a game, and goalkeeper Matt Elder both celebrated 50 appearances. Nice. And Minneapolis City did this thing. They hired an artist. They, they made some, some pretty cool prints with kind of caricature or cartoon versions of Charlie Adam and Matt Elder. Um, that I won't say caricatures. They're actually pretty realistic drawings, um, illustrations of them celebrating. The 50, and they framed those and handed them to those players at the game. Really cool to see the, the team just acknowledging, hey, you've been here for a while. Yeah, that's super cool. Very cool. And then uh, Minneapolis City, too, is also in the playoffs. They won last week, as I, we reported. Uh, I didn't realize it was the round of 32 playoffs because I didn't realize how their playoff structure works. But basically, they incorporate their divisional 
playoff championship, which they won uh, into the larger national championship. So when they won the Midwest West division playoff and regular season, that basically the win in the playoff puts them into the round of 16, which will be this Saturday at Edo Nelson Field at Augsburg. They, that's right. They were, the Iowa Raptors were playing in Chicago. And if the Chicago team won, then we would have to drive to Chicago. But Iowa Raptors upset the team from Chicago. So they are traveling here to Minneapolis to play Minneapolis City 2 this Saturday, 6 p.m. Edo Nelson Field. Let's get some people out to cheer the rookery or Los Dos. Very cool. Uh, and then if they advance, they're going to play the winner of Mass United Rush or the New York Contour United in the quarter quarterfinals. So, um, yeah, we can uh, – MJ, you can post a link to the bracket once we get the podcast posted if people want to check it out. So, Do you know um, how long it took me to find that fucking bracket? My I, goodness. I can't even imagine. I can't even imagine. PSL is not organized very well on the social medias or the internet. But, yeah. hey – I'm guessing like a lot of lower leagues, they don't pay anybody. Right, exactly. Um, uh, and then there was a, a post-game party uh, at Udapils afterwards. Jessica and I went to the post-game party at Udapils, got to drink beer out of the 2021 NPSL North Championship Trophy. And nice. uh, Pop Clouds Christian was there as well. And it was just really cool to see and hang out with some some people in a, in a low-key fashion and uh have uh have beer getting to know some people uh that i don't normally hang out with with minneapolis city very cool Udipos is such a great space too um which is even oh, better and jessica mm-hmm. got to hang out with sullivan michael prunty the minneapolis city twos coach's son who was wearing what jersey mini messy yeah <laughs> oh that was that the, okay <clears throat> that's awesome very it cool awesome. cool well we wish minneapolis city luck um hopefully we should know probably this time next week where the uh playoffs will be for for uh for city um right, for the mpsl side for the mpsl side um i know they're putting in a bid for it but um it's probably not likely that they're gonna get it because of the way the teams are situated but i uh, probably have to travel unfortunately yeah even hopefully buy yeah hopefully only to some place like Milwaukee or something. So, but we'll see. We'll see. Uh, all right, let's uh, let's talk uh, Minnesota United. They have a match coming up on Sunday against the Seattle Sounders uh, on uh, ESPN uh, uh, as well. So if you can, if you haven't been able to watch Minnesota United because you don't have uh, a cable subscription, uh, you're lucky. You probably can watch it on ESPN. You probably have like Hulu Plus or Fubo or something. So um, <clears throat> Minnesota United is actually the slight favorite in this game, despite uh, not having three-fourths of our defenders, uh, Seattle being undefeated uh, to start the season. But Minnesota's plus 125, uh, Seattle's plus 200, uh, draws plus 230, over-under of two and a half, uh, over is minus 140, and the under is plus, 20, plus 105. Um, so they are expecting lots of goals in this game uh, on a Sunday afternoon in, in Minnesota. Um yeah, so let's talk a little bit about some of the players that we are we're looking out for. Um, I will I point out um, at the top that that Seattle has switched over from uh, a back four um, to the, before the season even started. Uh, before they lost Jordan Morris, they were, had uh, sort of decided they wanted to play a, a three a three a three man back line, um, 
which typically, at least over the course of the last couple of weeks, has looked like a 3-5-1-1, has looked like a 3-4-2-1 occasionally. Um, MJ and I, before we uh, jumped on the podcast, were trying to figure out what the hell they were going to do just based on the number of players that they have injured and the number of players that they have two players out for Gold Cup. Um, half their roster seems, half their good roster seems to be injured. And yet this team is, uh, has gone 13 games and has not lost a game yet. So, um, I'll talk about Brian Schmetzer first. Just talk about the coach. Uh, we seem to talk about the coaches a lot. Uh, Brian Schmetzer has been in the uh, Seattle organization for fuck, I think 20 years, something like that. Um, you know, he took over for Ziggy Schmidt when Ziggy left and Seattle has really developed a, an ethos in their lineup uh, of basically next man up. And that really, I think starts with Brian Schmetzer, right? Um, if you are uh, playing on the second team uh, or you are a bench player or you are playing for their team and down in Tacoma for their USL team, someone gets injured. Someone's not able to play. They call up the next man. The person just really steps in. Um, they don't do a lot of tinkering with their lineup uh, other than plugging in players when they need them to do that. So, and that really starts with Brian Schmetzer. I think Brian Schmetzer, it's weird to say, but I think he might be uh, underrated in terms of how much he gets out of hit the players. And if, if this team goes, you know, some, something near an invincible season and Brian Schmetzer is not the coach of the year. I think that would be a, a goddamn travesty because um, they don't have Jordan Morris. They don't have Nico Ladero. They don't, you know, knew who told those out, been out for almost a month. Um, starting goalkeeper, starting goalkeeper, Stefan Fry uh, has been, is lost. Um, the kid from Martinique gone. Um, they have basically, they have a, a maybe three potential all MLS 11 players that are just gone for the rest of the year. Um, and they are still managing to be the best team in MLS right now. So I think got to give Brian Schmitz a lot of credit for that. So, um, speaking of that starting goalkeeper, uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about, uh, their backup goalkeeper who's also named Stefan. So go figure. And it's spelled the same way, right? Yeah, like it is. It's S T E F A N, the F and the A, the A vowel being the two variables there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so keeping with their Stefan quota. We can't have a non-Stefan play goal. Stefan Fry has a non-surgical necessary ACL injury in his knee, and he is out for four to six weeks, and that started around mid-May. So he's going to be out for a while. Uh, not the entire season like some of the Sounders, but he's, he's out for a while. And Stefan Cleveland's been doing great. He really has. I'll, I'll say um... – you know, there, there's, there's, is a non-zero chance that Nico Ladero might be ready for this game. He has, he's been back in training. Um, it would surprise me if, uh, if he plays, but there is a, there is a non-zero chance that Ladero might be back for this game. Um, the one I really want to highlight is uh, um, Raul Ruiz Diaz, who is basically there. You know, he's the one. He's the one in the three five one one the 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 last one. He's the guy um, expected to score. He's just he's got a head for the ball um, and a foot for the ball for that matter. Uh, he's the number nine for Seattle. He just creates a lot of chaos and a lot of <clears throat> excuse me uh, opportunities for the rest of a very competent and and very dangerous uh, Seattle attacking team. Um, and then uh, the other guy who got the goal last week, uh, Kellen Rowe. Sorry, did you want to say anything, MJ? you think without a Jordan Morris running around and doing all the things that Jordan Morris does to compute defenses, is he on the left? Is he on the right? Is he playing middle? That Raul Ruiz Diaz production would be down. Because right. You have Jordan Morris being that threat. And like you had mentioned earlier with the next man up sort of 
philosophy. Brian Messer, you plug this player in, they're they're the next person up, they go, and yeah. it's just not a problem. Yeah, and I believe I believe his production's actually been up uh, since Morris the Morris injury, which just tells you. I mean, I think part of the part of what changed with their formation too was that Morris injury that was so devastating. Um, Morris was played on that left wing a lot, and he would create opportunities. Um, you know, just with his his amazing speed in spite of looking like um a complete chad um he was just faster than pretty much anybody in mls um so speaking of one of those guys stepping up kellen Rowe um has been playing really really well for seattle as well he got a goal uh in their last game against houston um over last week and uh has just really uh, he plays as a sort of um right central midfielder um in that three five one uh plays he's been playing next to alex roldan who is luckily fortunately for minnesota united uh, not going to be in the uh in the roster because he is playing for el salvador in the gold cup and then the last one i'll, I'll mention if anybody has anything they want to say about anybody else is freddie montero um that name will, will probably sound very familiar to a lot of people because he's been in mls for a long time uh long time vancouver whitecap um really likes to put the screws to Minnesota. Uh, the uh, Christian Rodon, who's is, who is normally the, the second one in that three, five, one, one um, has been playing. He's actually going to be playing. He's with the U S men's national team right now for the gold cup. So he will not be there. Freddie Montero has stepped up and, and um, he stepped up in that role. Um, the last game, uh, the Houston game. So I would expect that we would see probably Freddie Montero, um, Possibly Nico Ladero if Nico Ladero is healthy. Maybe we maybe Ladero gets thirty minutes or something at the end of the game. But my guess is Freddie Montero starts, and that guy has been a thorn in Minnesota side for quite some time. So just want to throw that name out there as well. So anybody else that you want to talk about um, that we missed? They have two homegrowns that David and I talked about off the air. Just eighteen, nineteen year, old, year olds that are subbing in or even starting in some cases. Both midfielders, uh, Danny Leva and Josh Atencio, and they're both really solid. Yeah, Atencio started the last couple of matches right in the middle of that of that five of that you know, um, that central central midfielder position. So um, I believe Levia's eighteen and Atencio's nineteen. Is that correct? Does that sound about right, MJ? It, one's eighteen, one's nineteen. Um, uh, Lavia is 18 and Lavia is actually the one who started against Houston in the central part of the central midfield. Okay. But yeah, Atencio has gotten minutes too, and he's 19. And Atencio must have, Atencio must have came in at, uh, for, for Lavia. They may, they may have been probably there's splitting, splitting minutes between the two of them. So it's one of those things, the combination of good soccer IQ for your age. And then Brian Smesher's system where you can just plug people in and they know their roles. Uh, it's pretty impressive to see. Um, I, I, I don't know what it's like to, to see, I shouldn't say that Gasper and, and Dotson have gotten a lot of playing time with the club and they look great. So, or Gasper's improving, Dotson's also improving. So I, I like their ceilings. Um, I like that they're, Heath is playing some youth. There's just been other young players that we just don't see. Yeah. So yeah, it looks like a test. Dotson McMaster. <laughs> Looks like Atencio started uh, against Colorado the game before, and Lavia came in, and then um, they they uh, flip flopped that for the next game. Um, okay. Lavia started, and then Atencio came in. Um, so yeah, it looks like they're just they're spelling each other, which is you know great to get the minutes and get them on the pitch. So, uh, all right. So 
Schmelzer. Can I make a comment? Sorry. Yeah, please. No, go ahead. Uh, Brian Schmelzer, he's, he's like a different animal. Like, he's not that coach that, like, like, I've seen him cheer. I've seen him get excited. But for the most part, like, he's he doesn't seem overly emotional. He seems very calculated. And um, he intimidates me. Like, I feel like he's a really good coach. And also Rudy Diaz. Hello. He just intimidates the shit out of me. And I'm really nervous about what he's going to do. Right. I think everybody is. So... So let's get into the uh, how Minnesota should play them. Um, as I mentioned before, they play a, a either a three five one one or a three four two one. They've played both of those. Tend to be their main positions. You know, with Roldan out, we uh, MJ and I were going back and looking at some of their their lineups. Uh, Alex Roldan has played pretty much every single game uh, on that right, um, you know, wing back uh, attacking fullback position. Um, so I tend to think that they'll probably switch to a three four two one and either bring in um, Lodero if he's healthy or maybe um, Will Bruin um, along with Freddie Montero um, behind um, Rui Diaz and then just play four across the, across the midfield. Um, they could slot one of their youngsters in uh, to that uh, Alex Rodon spot, but I tend to think that that won't be the case. Cause I mean, if that's the case, Minnesota is going to attack like, you know, attack like hell down the, down Seattle's right-hand side, our left-hand side, which tends to be our, um, uh, you know, weaker attacking side. Um, but you know, who knows with, uh, Frank Payne and everybody involved, maybe an opportunity. So that might be an opportunity depending on, on who they throw out there. If they throw out a, a young kid for Frank Payne, um, and Reynoso and Gasper to really work together to create some overload opportunities, you know, Seattle, as I mentioned, Seattle hasn't lost a game yet. They're eight, five and oh um they beat minnesota four nothing in the first match of the season if you guys remember that one but uh the loons were the better team in the first half um you know minnesota had a legitimate uh you know stake at saying that they could have been up to nothing um before you know seattle really got into the game unfortunately they you know brian schmetzer um, adjusted at halftime and Adrian Heath did not and uh, ended up uh, that scoreline really flattered Seattle. Um, at least it seemed like at the time, maybe, maybe not so much. So I think we, we need to figure out a way um, to attack. No rolled ons is good for us, I think. And we need to figure out a way to uh, over like attack uh, their right-hand side, our left-hand side, overload that and create some opportunities there. Um, Gomez, uh, the, uh, uh, the, right center back is a, also a young kid too. So I think it really, that's, that's the only opportunity I think Minnesota has to, to win this game. So MJ or Jess, who wants to go next? MJ? I also think that with Roldan out, and I would say even with Roldan in, we should attack down our left side, um, their, their right side. And I'll just double down on that. Like if, if Chase Gasper, and then I, I hope we start Aussie against his old team. And and so it's it's Ozzy, the left center midfielder, and and Chase Gasper and Reynoso and and uh, Fragapane, and just overload and have some overlapping runs on that left side, and whoever they put in for Alex Rodan, where they they shift their midfield five over one, so it's just the midfield four. Let's 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 attack that. I hope that we score in the first half. Even if they score in the first half as well, I think that gives us like momentum. I don't have any stats 
that I've uh, looked at to back that up. It's just how I feel. And um, I don't know, I want us to just keep like four men on Rudy Diaz, that's all. <laughs> Hopefully not four. Hopefully only, you know, two I, can, do the, can do the job, but you're right. You, you, make, you make a great point. All right, so Jess, while you start us off, uh, how, what's the result gonna be? Who, who wins? God, I'm thinking really hard about this. So I, I've been thinking back about our past games against them, whether home or away, right? Like they haven't lost. We just ended a long streak against the crapids for all God's sake. And I, I don't know. I think this might be my first uh, loss prediction of this, of our season. Uh, I'm going to say that, that uh, Seattle takes it two and we have nothing. All right. It pains you, me to do so. Didn't you predict us to lose a couple other times too? I don't Maybe think not. so. Okay. I MJ. usually predict wins and draws. Yeah. M MJ. She's been very positive. Um, I I say we do get that first half goal that Jess was talking about. I think that is important. I just want to piggyback on Jess's point. We are a different team when we score early or score in that first half. And I do think that's important. But I think they score as well, and it goes into the half 1-1. And I think we give up something late in the second half, and we lose 2-1. All right. I have 2-2. Two -two, so... All right, moving along. Uh, Gold Cup, because that's happening right now. Uh, very briefly, we're not going to spend a ton of time talking about um, these matches, but there's a couple interesting things. Uh, so Mexico loses to Trinidad and Tobago 0-0 zero to zero, um, on uh, Saturday, which is a weird, weird result. Um, I say loses because they did not actually lose, but, you know, uh, that um, drawing with Trinidad and Tobago is considered a loss for, for Mexico. Uh, their next games for the group are Wednesday uh, against Guatemala. Um, that's this coming Wednesday and then Sunday versus El Salvador. Um, Canada uh, beat Martinique four to four to one. Uh, they play Haiti and, and I should point out that game uh, Martinique scored first um, and, uh, <laughs> and Canada came roaring back to, uh, to take four Um they play Haiti on Thursday and then the USA on Sunday and Costa Rica just beat Guadalupe three to one. Um, I only mentioned Costa Rica because our old friend, Johan Venegas, uh, and our sometime uh, friend of me, Francisco Calvo, uh, they play Suriname on Friday and then next Tuesday against, uh, Jamaica to round out their group stage games. And then the one we've been waiting for USA one Haiti zero. Um, this was a Sam Vines scored in the eighth minute with a, a great headed headed goal. Um, some really great play. And then the USA basically shut down uh, for, for the rest of the game. So MJ, I know you had a, a few thoughts on this. I am not upset about the roster. There were a lot of people that as soon as the roster came out, were super upset. Hop wasn't starting. Busio wasn't starting. Blah, 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 blah. Um, a bunch of people who are not that in tune with how European clubs release players for this tournament we're upset that our best players weren't here. Guess what? Jonathan David and Alfonso Davies aren't playing for Canada. You know, Mexico is not taking their A roster. This is, there's no more Confed Cup to play for. And this just, it takes a backseat. This isn't like the Euros or Copa America where you're going to see the best European and, and South American or even MLS players joining their teams and do it. That's not what this tournament is about. That said, 
if we don't find some sort of cohesiveness amongst our offense and our defense, like on the, when we have the ball and when we don't have the ball, we just look lost at times. And if, if we don't find something of a Burkhalter system to glue us together against Martinique and Canada, this is going to be a very short tournament for the U.S., yeah, I mean they're gonna they'll make it out of the group, but they they might not make it past the the quarterfinals for sure. So, uh, if they, yeah, if they don't beat Canada, they they don't win the group, and that puts them in a shitty spot. You know, instead yep. of having to play Mexico or something. Yep. So Thursday, as you alluded to, Thursday they play Martinique. I believe that game is at eight thirty. Um, I'll be watching that at the Black Card if anybody wants to join. And then Sunday. Uh, we play Canada at 4 p.m. So just after the Loons game, uh, Loons kickoff is, I believe, at one or shortly after one. So, you know, bring a change of clothes and stick around at the Black Heart and, and watch USA play Canada uh, on Sunday. Just make it a whole day of drinking on Sunday. So that is, uh, sorry, go ahead, MJ. The, the American Outlaws MSP group has made a deal with Merlin's Rest in South Minneapolis. Oh, so, nice. I did not I know that. Giving um, if you're on the Minneapolis side and want to watch the U.S. Gold Cup games, uh, please consider coming to Merlin's Rest. Right on. Yeah, for sure. AO is, is great. So um, I have lots of friends who are in AO. So, yeah, so they'll be uh, they'll be there on Sunday. I'm sure lots of people from watching the Loons game will stick around to the black card on Sunday for uh, Canada as well. And that game kicks off, I believe, at four. Um, all the games kick off at the same time on Sunday because, uh, yeah, they have to um, for seating and stuff. So. All right. Um, finally, let's jump into uh, Euros and Copa America. Um, let's do Copa America first because that game took place first. It was on Saturday night. Uh, let's, let's actually let's do first the uh, third place game, which took place on Friday night because Copa America, for some godforsaken reason, still plays a fucking third place game, um, especially with the age of COVID in Brazil. They play a third place game. Uh, Colombia lost to Brazil. Sorry, no, Colombia lost to Argentina uh, on penalties in the semifinal, and then Peru lost to Brazil um, in the other semifinal match. So Colombia and Peru and Peru played each other on Friday night. I watched most of this game. Um, it was back and forth affair. You know, really one of those games where neither team really cares too much. Uh, it looked like it was going to go straight to penalties because uh, the third place game mercifully do not have extra time. Um, but in the, I want to say it was like the 87th minute or 88th minute, uh, Columbia scores a goal to make it three to Columbia. Also uh, Columbia <clears throat> finishes third place in Copa America, uh, for 2021. Uh, and then, uh, in the final on Saturday, uh, Leo Messi and Argentina get their first, uh, Copa America win since I want to say is 1993, uh, when they beat, uh, they beat Brazil one, nothing at, at the Maracana. Um, their first, <clears throat> yeah, their first. Yeah, first major tournament title since 1993. And that was last time they, they won the Copa. I believe the last time they won the World Cup was 1986. So Leo Messi finally gets some international hardware um, for his club, for his, uh, for his country. Um, it, was it was kind of fitting. <clears throat> and MJ, I, th you, I think you alluded to this, that Leo Messi carried this team to this point in the, in the game, to, to this point in the finals, which he's done for almost every tournament that he's played in with Argentina, he's, he's carried the team on his back. And then at the very last moment, his team just absolutely shits him and fucks him over. Um, not happen. Did not happen this time. Yeah, no, it was great to see 
Messi win a final for Messi, but also for Argentina as a whole. And Angel Di Maria, someone who is you has been in, let's say, Messi's shadow for Argentina, in Cristiano Ronaldo's shadow, and Karim Benzema's shadow at Real Madrid. Now he's with Mbappe and Neymar at at PSG. He's a good glue guy, you know. He's a good guy to connect, usually giving assists, sometimes scoring goals. He's the hero here. He, you know, he's the one who uh, a a great long ball by DePaul finds Angel Di Maria on the right side in stride. And whoever that left back is for Brazil, I feel bad for him, but like he, he did not play that well. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I was able to watch much of this game. I, I caught the highlights and caught the, the last sort of 20 minutes of it. Um, mostly because we were at, uh, Minneapolis city. So, yeah. um, <clears throat> and then, uh, on Sunday, um, right before the U S game or slightly before the U S game, uh, Europe, the Euro 2020 final took place, uh, Italy, uh, England, uh, a game ended one, one, um, with, uh, England scoring Luke Shaw scoring an absolutely, amazing goal um in the second minute of the game <clears throat> a great pass by trippier and luke shaw took it and and had just an absolute uh gorgeous goal um lots of back and forth and then in the 67th minute uh leonardo bonucci uh equalized off of a um i love you hate to see it um you love to see it if you're a liverpool fan jordan pickford kind of blunder of a <laughs> he and to be fair mj i was talking with some other i talked with another everton fan at the um at the black heart wall watching the game. And I was like, man, Pickford really hasn't like spilled one over the course of yeah. the last three or four games. And then of course he manages to spill one. Uh, Benucci, uh ever the, uh, the veteran presence was there to, to put it in. Um, and it won one. And then it uh, went to PKs, which. Uh, listen, listen in Pickford's defense. It's a, a fucking set piece. And I don't care if you're in the wall or whatever. But after whatever happens in the wall and you see a shot come at Pickford, it shouldn't be fucking Harry Kane on the goal line as your last guy of defense. That means something organizationally, positionally, in your set-piece defense has fucked up. That is uh, very true. Pickford spilled the ball, and I don't think it was a ball that was easily caught. You know, it's something that he's got – put his palms out and deflect and he shouldn't deflect that wide, but he deflected it right in front of him. No one boxed out or picked up Benucci running to the ball and Harry Kane's there. Harry Kane is trying to stay on the line rather than step forward and, and close down the angle. Um, and no one, no other defenders, you know, where's Harry Maguire? Where's, where's, where's fucking Henderson? Yeah. Yeah. Um... You know, Liverpool dude. Like, where where are these defenders? Henderson teams? Henderson was not on the pitch at that point. He had not he had not been subbed on he didn't yet. Have a good game. But okay, fair enough. He wasn't he, on the he pitch. Had, he wasn't on the pitch. He, he, okay, fair enough. You cannot, you cannot have a good game when you're not on the pitch, buddy. Um, yeah. uh, on that goal. So, what's um, I'll just let's just say this: that goal was a long time coming for Italy. Italy um, yes. had pretty much from the 30th. They weathered the storm of England, but from the 30th minute on. Um, much like a Minnesota United game, um, Roberto Mancini had Gareth Southgate's number for the rest of the game. And Italy 
deserved more than that, just that one goal and probably deserved to win this game in regulation time, let alone in, in uh, uh, stoppage time or extra time. But um, it was, uh, like I said, Jordan Henderson came out in the 74th minute for Declan Rice. Where was Declan Rice? Uh, that's who you should be asking. Yeah, where, well, where Declan, Declan Rice, Trippier. Mm-hmm. Both, uh, guys, both guys who came off in the Harry 74th. Maguire, um, you know, yeah. Any of those guys should be on the back line helping Pickford. Yeah. Kudos um, to Kane for being there, but yeah, he shouldn't be the only dude back there. So yeah, so um unfortunately uh Federico uh Federico Chiesa, who is probably the best player on the pitch for the entire game, uh picked up a, a knock in like the 85th minute. He got subbed off. Um game went to uh extra time. There was nothing really of any consequence in extra time um, other than in the 120th minute, Jordan Henderson was subbed off uh, as well as Kyle Walker being subbed off for um, Marcus Rashford and Jaden Sancho specifically for penalty kicks. And that is important uh, information for, for later. Um, So the penalty shootout, Italy shooting first, Uh, Berardi uh, puts his penalty kick in Harry Kane goes first for England. He puts his in. Uh, Andrew Bellotti steps up for Italy and Jordan Pickford somehow makes a fucking save. <laughs> and uh, Wembley, Wembley went absolutely batshit crazy insane. Um, and, you know, chance of it's coming home. He made two saves. Well, spoiler alert, buddy. Um, Harry Maguire, your, your, your aforementioned Harry Maguire steps up and just hits a fucking rocket into the top uh, left corner of the net. Um, yeah. knocked knocked the camera off which it was like all of a sudden you see the ball coming in and then like the cameras go like wait 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 black wait, 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 and then just like just turn off it was it was I great. just want to say he hits the the upper 90 or the corner if you will and you all know the goal is shaped like a rectangle leave it to a rectangle to know how to score on a rectangle <laughs> uh so then Leonardo Bonucci steps up for Italy he scores his uh, then Marcus Rashford, the guy who came in um, for uh, Jordan Henderson, he comes in, he, he does this that really stupid stuttery step thing, overthinks it, and hits the post. Uh, Don, he beats Donnarumma. Donnarumma dives to his left. Um, he goes to Donnarumma's right, but he just shanks it off the, off the, the, the post. Um, evening it up. Uh, then uh, Federico Bernadeschi steps up for Italy. He scores his penalty, make it 3-2. Jaden Sancho comes up, uh, who just uh, was subbed on for penalties. And listen, these are Rashford and Sancho's first touches of the ball were these penalties. Um, Sancho takes his penalty. Uh, Donnarumma makes an amazing save. Uh, Donnarumma, who I absolutely love as an Italian keeper, Love as a keeper, that dude is batshit fucking crazy. Like he's just an insane person, and he almost was a Liverpool player, and I was very excited about that for a hot second. So, uh, I don't think he is as insane as Gianluigi Buffon, but I he but, might he, he give him time, buddy. Give him time. Yeah, he but might, he, he'll get there. He's in that same mental state. Yeah, and taller and yeah. longer limbed. Yes, and, and so. You have someone of that same mental state, but probably with a body better fit for goalkeeping, and it's kind of scary. Yeah, and he, then uh, he won man of the tournament, by the way. Player yes, he did. Tournament. Player of the tournament, and then um, again, spoiler alert. Uh, <clears throat> and then George Jorginho steps up for Italy 
who is probably the best penalty taker of the of the people who've taken penalties so far. And what does Pickford fucking do? He makes save. a save. <laughs> he makes a save. And um, he needed to make that save. Otherwise, England was... Otherwise, yeah, otherwise Italy wins. Uh, and then Bukayo Saka, who was, who was the other substitute who came in, he came in in, the I think, the 70th minute uh, for Trippier. Um, he, proceeds, he proceeds to take his penalty. It's not a terrible penalty, but Donnarumma, again, just steps up and makes a slave. Um, wins player of, the, player of the tournament. And Italy beats England 3-2 on penalties in Wembley. Um, and Pickford saved two. And Pickford saved two. Um, Donnarumma saved three. So no, uh, no, 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 no. He oh, saved Donna two and one went off the post. Two, uh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, fair point. Fair point. So, um, anyways, so that's how the the match turned out. Um, there was some very disgusting uh, social media posts directed oh, at and- the three the three um, black players for for Italy for uh, England who all missed their uh, their penalties. Um, that the F, the English FA condemned right away. I don't even, I don't even suggest going and trying to find it. It's it's just terrible, terrible shit. Um, com- compared to you know what England has done in the past, this team was absolutely amazing. And you know you can question Southgate's um, tactics all you want, but definitely can't question the players who went out there and gave gave everything they possibly could for for the English national team. You don't put players who haven't touched a ball all game in for penalty kicks. And you don't rely on younger players for penalty kicks. That's something where you want someone with nerves, experience, who's been there, done that. Yeah. Um, I this all goes on Southgate for me. Yeah. So, anyways, um, we have the Olympics coming up uh, in a couple weeks. So we'll we'll touch on the Olympics next week um, with the uh, start times and everything for the games. One thing we'll say about the Olympics is that Boxel injury. It sounds like he might not be going to the Olympics for New Zealand. At least that's kind of the impression I got from listening to Adrian Heath. Um, but that's, again, that's also certainly not hundred percent Adrian Heath's call too. If, if, if um, Box will think he's thinks he's good to go. Well, we should have more information about that by, by this time next week. So uh, the article from New Zealand that I read says uh, that there's a significant doubt on his involvement with okay. the all whites. So, all right. Well, I'm sure we'll have more information next week, and then we'll talk a little bit more about the rosters and everything for the U.S. Women's National Team and, and what the schedule and stuff will look like. So, um, so yeah, so we'll do that next week when we have a little more time. Um, thank you so much for everybody. And next, I think next week we're actually going to be in person doing this in person. So um, hopefully at the Blackheart. So we'll let you know when, if you guys want to come down and heckle us as, as you used to do when me and me and Martin would do it. So, um, so yeah, thank you for listening. Um, Please rate review the podcast wherever you get it. Patreon.com slash the Daves I know. I'm at TDIKMN. Uh, or at, we are at TDIKMN, which is also me. Uh, I'm at Texas Zeller. Again, hit me up if you still need to get your beer. Uh, MJ Matsui uh, for MJ. And then Jess is, again, still, we haven't gotten anybody in the Patreon level to change your, to change your name, Jess. So you need to start working on that. Well, dollar dollar bills, y'all. Um, <laughs> At Jessica one four four zero eight three nine two. Nine or two. Nine or two. So, um, all right. Thank you, everybody. Thank you, uh, Jess. Thank you, MJ, for this podcast. This was fun. It was Thank you, see- Dave. It was great to see you all on Saturday, and hopefully, we'll be able to see each other again this weekend for uh, Minnesota United game. So. And City two Saturday. And city, yes, yeah, Minneapolis City two on Saturday at six p.m. Right, MJ. Six p.m. 
All right, City 2 on Saturday at 6 p.m. Uh, Loons on Sunday at 1. Uh, look for us on ESPN. I will hopefully have a baby or two with me. So, um, we have been the day to know. This is As you do yours, land here, become feet, con. Yeah, uh, we, we do yeah. our thing, son. Do the act we attract to, hope to reach one. Uh, we, yeah. we, we do our thing, do it. Do it. We do our thing, son. Some will paint a piece, some will spray with a machine gun. It's mad work to be done. We, we, we do our thing, son.